have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. Welcome to the Dominion Podcast, episode 12. I am uh, your one of your hosts, Jeremy Boyd. And I'm Alex. All right. And uh, we're actually uh, outside this evening. Thought we would enjoy the weather with three sweaters on, but uh, it's good enough for us. It's good enough for us. Just imagining better days ahead. <laughs> Those loons you heard at the beginning were actually, they're actually in the backyard here with us. But uh, no, we're, uh, we're entering the friend zone right now. <laughs> the friend zone. <laughs> Tonight's topic is going to be friendship. Um, talking about some of the intricacies of that, what true biblical friendship looks like, and why we need it in times, especially times like these. So I'm going to hand it over to Alex to get us going on the conversation. Yeah, and we have we live in a time when, uh, on one hand, relationships are always a point of discussion, usually thinking about romantic relationships. And um, I, often we overlook, we, you know, we don't try to think as intentionally about friendships. We also live in a time when, you know, a lot of us, live on our phones and face-to-face friendships is replaced by followers, likes, mm-hmm. um, these types of things. And and there's a massive shift in the way we relate to one another on a friend's level. And you mix in with that a year of, you know, the most isolation most people have ever felt and experienced. And I just thought it'd be helpful to think through, you know, are friends even important? And uh, what are friends and Mm -hmm. why do we need them and how can we be them? Yeah. Um, So that's where I thought we'd go tonight. And, you know, one of the most, the text that sticks out to my mind uh, when I think about friendship is I think about Jesus, Jesus' words about friendship. Um, In John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. And, you know... that it, really it, it really ties together um, an active friendship, right? Oh, yeah. The friendship is, is proven by what we do, and our friendship with Christ is proven by our obedience. Yes. Right? Yeah, second verse there, and and Christ's friendship is proven by his his love, sacrificial love for us. Yes, yeah, and this is important because friendships um, exist for the good of others, or at least that's how we should think of them. Uh, my relationship to my friends should be fundamentally about serving them and uh, loving them for their good. Um, people who just want friends instead of focusing on being friends usually don't have good friendships mm. because that's starting off at the wrong place. And there's there's a lot of, you know, narcissistic, self-centered reasons why you would want friends. Um, and that that really is missing the whole point of a friendship. Mm-hmm. And if we enter a friendship in order to actually do good to other people and even at great cost to ourselves as Christ did, um, you know, that is the ground. Steadfast love and faithfulness Mm. is the foundation for good friendship. Mm. And the other thing I see in this passage is that there's a level of intimacy. I mean, the reason that Jesus can call them friends is they're no longer in the dark. He reveals to them 
all that the father is is and is doing. He brings them in, so to speak. Right. He declares to them they're on the in the inner circle. Um, there's no real friendship if it's just proximity. Like we're here on a porch chatting. Yeah. Um, that's you need to have proximity, but you need to have more than that. You need mm-hmm. to have actual intimacy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we were talking before we started about just the sort of casual nature of a lot of friendships. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that uh, the people in our lives are placed there by God. I mean, the situations yeah. we're in, but that doesn't mean that the, those relationships have to just stay casual and surface level. Yeah. I mean, if God puts us where we are, you know, our neighbors are who they are for a reason. Yeah. Um, the, the people we grew up with. Uh, for better or worse, are the yeah. people in our lives, right? Yeah. And we don't just get to abandon those uh, those connections, but mm-hmm. we actually need to seek to make those relationships as biblical as possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of us approach friendships, well, all relationships, almost in a, a complacent, passive way. That I'm looking for compatibility, but really, we need to be thinking about cultivation, right? And obviously, the more you have in common. Um, was it Lewis he, who said something about friendship? And I, I can't quote it, so I won't try. But he said something to the effect of, you know, true friendship happens when you look, you know, you look at someone, you say, oh, you too. Mm-hmm. And there certainly is a depth of intimacy with people who have a shared experience, shared values. Yeah. Um, these type of things can deepen intimacy. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. So we've all felt that, you know, you meet... Uh, you meet someone from a different country or a different city yeah. who's a brother in Christ or sister in Christ and yes. there's an immediate connection there. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a uh, that's a divine friendship. Yeah. Um, like me and my wife. Yeah. Shout out to Rebecca. She wanted me. I, she's like, you better, you better not forget me in this. Best she's going to get a couple shout outs. Yeah, she is. Tonight, she, yeah. Is, she is. But uh, w- when we think about friendship, um, don't just think about compatibility as far as shared interests, et cetera. But think about cultivation, you know, yeah. what can I do to serve this person and how can I be um, a better friend? And this kind of intimacy is really, relational intimacy is what we were created for. Yeah. With God, um, you know, and with each other. And friendship is just an amazing expression of this. It says even in scripture, in James 2.23, that Abraham believed in God, it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. Mm-hmm. And this is important because often when we think about, you know, being accredited with the righteousness of Christ, uh, forensic righteousness, which is a real glorious thing, mm-hmm. we overlook the fact that that comes with a real intimacy, that God is not just forgiving us, he is reconciling us through Christ to himself. Right. It's it's making it's turning enemies into friends into friends it, into not just a, a, not a relational enemies. bond there yes it's not a it's not just some i mean it is a legal uh transfer of guilt and yes. sin from one person to another but it's to what end right yes. it's to redeem a people for himself yeah right? yeah christ is the king he's yes. he's he's in relationship to us yeah. in that way hmm. so when we when we avoid relational intimacy um, and one of the best ways to get that, you know, a- apart from marriage, is meaningful friendships. Mm. And when we avoid that, we're we are missing something fundamental to our humanity, which is why 
Um, even though we're more connected than ever, we have more, you know, ways of staying in contact with people. Uh, people are very lonely. Mm-hmm. It's because there's a depth of intimacy that you can't get from your smartphone. Yeah, and the true ways to live out a friendship can't be lived out with this new technology. No. Right? There has to be a physical connection. Yeah. Not just a, an intellectual connection, which is what we would get over texting or something. That yes. stuff's good. It's it's an extension, but it can't be the core of the relationship. Because it's a very limited version of you. Yeah. And I mean, just like on social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, even that is not even necessarily an honest picture of us, right? Mm-hmm. True friendship and true love is when we when we are known for who we are and we are loved nonetheless. And um, when we when we use social media as kind of a substitute for meaningful friendships, where we're kind of projecting the best version of ourselves. And uh, ironically, I think one of the reasons that feeds so much anxiety is it's it's entirely works-based relationship right it's not a mm-hmm. grace-based relationship it's like an envy-based relationship. oh it's an right? envy-based relationship because it's like, hey look at my life yeah <laughs> don't you want to be my friend yeah 100 percent. and this is this is why you know the gospel should produce the best kinds of friends because our relationship with one another you know is founded on the deepest reality that's christ that we, whatever differences we have, what we share is far greater in Him, and that's true of. I mean, we 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 have an amazing sister and close friend who lives with us um, from Ethiopia, and, and truly a, a member of our family. And we couldn't have come from different, more different backgrounds. Yeah. But the 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 real friendship we have together as a family with her and my girls with her, and you know, is an amazing, amazing thing. Um, another aspect of friendship is loyalty. The way the scriptures talk about uh, friendship, kind of in a negative sense, he says in James 4, 4, you adulterous people do not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So friendship here is, is kind of like a committed loyalty. Who, who are you loyal to? Who are you faithful to? And to say that you're faithful to the world, the enemy of God, is to be at odds with God. Yeah. And uh, this doesn't obviously mean that we are not friends with sinners or with people in the world. He's talking about having our loyalties and our allegiance to the way of the world. Yeah. It's the systems and the, yes, you know, the, the, values, the spirit of the age. Yes. This type of thing. And this is important because loyalty is something that uh, one doesn't exist when you're selfish because your loyalty is to yourself when you're selfish. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you're loving, you should be loyal because your fundamental desire is for the good of that person mm. and not you. And so love should produce really loyal people. On the ground, that means people who forgive one another, people who uh, defend one another, people who go to bat for one another, people who persevere through difficulties in relationship for one another. And I think even as I say these things, a lot of people, even Christians who listen, you know, our, our, our millions of listeners will think that's just so rare. Like loyal friends are actually just so rare. Yeah. When the time of life is passed, the stage of life, when the shared interests, whatever it is we gathered around, it's like, who's, who's really there? Who's a real loyal friend? 
And uh, the Proverbs even talks about someone who could have many companions, and yet there's one who is a closer friend who is closer brother. than a brother. Yep. And you can have a lot of people around you, and you can be real popular and not have a lot of friends. Yeah. And it's a it's a sad thing. Yeah. Um, something you said a couple minutes back kind of got my my thoughts going on. Um, the the necessity that a lot of people feel to have friends that are like them. Yeah. You know, the same thought patterns, the same worldview, that sort of thing. Yeah. But that's just that's just impossible for yeah. us to maintain only friendships. You know where we where we think exactly the same, but especially right now, uh, with where we're at culturally, it's really hard to maintain friendships with people who don't agree. Yeah, uh, but I think it's necessary. Oh yeah, I think it's absolutely necessary for yeah. all sides involved. Right. Yeah. Uh, because if it is if it is sacrificial and it's about giving and bringing people along. Hopefully, you're bringing them along to truth. Uh, then, you know, the idea is it's not it's not just a one to one relationship in that sense. Yeah, and then, absolutely, and that's a good point. I mean, we are an increasingly hostile, tribal, revert to these little groups, and anyone outside is is an enemy. Basically, Christians can set a really great gospel example by having meaningful friendships across the lines, so to speak, and. Uh, yeah, what a testimony that would be to Christ in the gospel. Yeah. Um, you had this on the sheet here, but I was I was coming prepared for this one. But uh, Proverbs 27, 6, getting on to another aspect of friendship yeah. here. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Yeah. True friends, again, this is about understanding where somebody's at and mm-hmm. trying to help them along. If you see a friend caught in a sin mm-hmm. or in some habit that's uh not you know not helpful for them the best thing you can do is to confront them yeah and that immediately seems like uh the wrong thing to do mm-hmm. when you're the one being confronted we've yeah. all been there right yeah. somebody brings up something and your our first reaction is always to get our back up yeah uh but what that verse is saying is that those wounds are for our good yeah and the people that are just yes men around you all the time. Yeah. That just, you know, never say anything negative to you. Those people are actually your enemies. Yes. Because they, because the friend is actually being faithful to you, even if it hurts, but your friend, your enemies are actually just being faithful to themselves. Yeah. They're saying, I don't want this person to not like me. I don't want the conflict or whatever comes with that awkwardness. Yeah. They're saying, ah, I'm choosing me over you. Mm. And if you go down a bad path, that's fine as long as I you don't don't have to suffer for it. And it also places the responsibilities of friendship within a biblical context. Yeah. Because in order to help somebody, you have to know what the right thing to do is. Yeah. We have to know our scripture. We have to know how we ought to how we ought to live. Yes. All right. So if we're confronting each other, if we're uh, encouraging or admonishing each other, it has to be from a spiritual, yeah, uh, from a biblical standpoint. Yeah. Right. So we have to know. What is it that God has, what is it that God wants for this person, Mm -hmm. right? And what is God's will Mm -hmm. for our life? Mm -hmm. Well, that's our sanctification. Mm -hmm. That's God's will for our life. And so Mm -hmm. our friends should be encouraging that. Mm -hmm. And this maybe brings us to the the application point about um, even men and friendships. Because I think men, if friendship is about love and doing good to others, 
and growing in intimacy um, with one another and being faithful. I would say most guys struggle with those kinds of relationships. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, we guys will sit around and watch a game and, and have some beers and, you know, to keep, talk on a level, have your buddies. Buddies are a big thing, right? Yeah. You got your buddies when you want to do something. But not a lot of guys don't develop friendships well in our culture. And when you read the story about David and uh, David and Jonathan, it's like almost like shock, not shock, well, kind of shocking. Um, but how much David, you know, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan mm. loved him as his own soul. Yeah. And there's such a, a love between them and a union between them. Um, I think men really struggle in their own lives as men because they're totally cut off from meaningful friendships. They, they don't exercise the kind of love that helps them to grow and they don't receive the kind of love that has some, that allows them to grow. They live kind of, we live kind of a shallow self-protectionistic, uh, life. I mean, a lot of us struggle with insecurity and insecurity is Mm -hmm. just a killer of relationships because you're scared of being known. You're scared of people seeing your flaws. You're scared that you'll be rejected. You're scared yeah. of being weak. But all of these things are crucial for any meaningful friendship. And, uh, you know, I think there needs to be definitely a recovery in the church of an understanding um, of what men's friendships can look like. Yeah. I lived... Uh overseas for a couple of years in yeah. Jerusalem when I was younger. And it was not uncommon to see, especially the, the, uh, the young Palestinian men, yeah, young, like teenagers would be walking around holding hands. Yes. Yeah. That was a very that, common yeah. sign. And it, it was shocking at first. Yeah. I was like, what's going on? Yeah. But it's like, no, these are just friends. Yeah. This is physical intimacy. Yeah. Uh, the way it should be. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with, with no. that. You've got a close bond with this person. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it shocked me coming from here mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, stay out of my space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, that that sort of stay out of my space is indicative of those emotional uh, barriers we put up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. And uh, we suffer for it. And other people around us suffer as well. And, and you know what? A good thing for guys, if you're preparing for marriage, uh, work on your friendships. I mean, for women, like if you, if you want a man who's going to be emotionally connected to you and a good man, it's like look at his friends. If a guy has no friends, um, he's not going to be a good husband. He's not going to just... Might take not, a little more training. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot more training. We can all get there. Yeah, we can uh, all get there. By the way, marriage is the most sanctifying thing yeah. <laughs> for, for men to do. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing. Don't it's, put it off. No. <laughs> get some friends. Find a lady friend. Marry her. <laughs> find her name and ask her to marry you, as Douglas Wilson <laughs> says. Yeah. Well, why don't we... Uh, I'm actually feeling a little bit of rain coming down here. That's all right. With just a little drizzle. We got time for one more segment here. Why don't I read from uh, some poetry? I was actually, my, my best friend, Rebecca, uh, recommended this to <laughs> Your me. Your bestie? Bestie. <laughs> although, although she also insisted me saying that she hasn't been friend-zoned. Definitely not. Um, this is from Edmund Vance Cook, and Rebecca recommended this to me last night. We were doing some reading, and uh, she suggested this. How did you die? <laughs> 
Edmund Vance Cook, did you tackle that trouble that came your way with a resolute heart and cheerful or hide your face from the light of day with a craven soul and fearful? Oh, a trouble's a ton or a trouble's an ounce or a trouble is what you make it. And it isn't the fact that you're hurt that counts, but only how did you take it? You are beaten to earth. Well, well, what's that? Come up with a smiling face. It's nothing against you to fall down flat, but to lie there, that's a disgrace. The harder you're thrown, why, the higher you bounce. Be proud of your black and die. It isn't the fact that you're licked that counts. It's how you fight and why. And though you be done to death, what then? If you battled the best you could, if you played your part in the world of men, why? The critic will call it good. Death comes with a crawl or comes with a pounce, and whether he's slow or spry, it isn't the fact that you're dead that counts, but only how did you die? That's great. And I found that encouraging and inspiring and made me want to be the kind of man who dies well. It reminds me of the conversation we were having maybe two or three weeks back about uh, courage. Yeah. Being, being faithful right now so that when the time comes for the big faithfulness or the big big act of courage. Yes. That you're prepared for it. Yeah. And if you're not faithful and courageous right now in the small things. Yeah. And that kind of, yeah, it's like, how did you, how did you live? How did you react? Take the licks. Yeah. How did you take the licks? Cause that's going to be indicative of how you, how you die. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm going to read uh, the lyrics from uh, one of my favorite hymns and then uh, we'll, we'll actually put the, the music on for, for you as we close out. But uh, it's abide with me. If you nice. don't know this hymn, it's just beautiful, and uh, they, you know, I hate being the old guy to say this, but they don't write them like this anymore. There's <laughs> <laughs> five verses. I'll, I'll read them. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away. Change and decay and all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. I need thy presence every passing hour. What but thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Who like thyself my guide and strength can be? Through cloud and sunshine, O abide with me. I fear no foe with thee at hand to bless. Ills have no weight and tears no bitterness. Where is death's sting? Where grave thy victory? I triumph still if thou abide with me. Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee. In life, in death, O Lord, abide with me. Mm. Well, from Alex and I at the Dominion Podcast, we'll see you next time.